we're live. We're live. Hey, good to see you this morning or this afternoon. I guess it is already. We yes. are locked down. I lose track of time and days. Time, days, weeks, months. <laughs> it's been crazy busy the last few days. I don't know what it's maybe we're emerging. Anyway, so welcome. Here we are talking about all things um, Gold Coast related. Yes, we're running the numbers every week, checking what's going on. Um, they're pretty mm -hmm. much the same as they were last week, which is yeah. cool. Cool. In, in a flat way, is it not declining anymore? Yes. Yeah, they don't seem like they're going down any more than they, they were. And I'm personally, on a personal level, getting a little more interest from buyers who are wanting to come to market. I got a couple more listings. I had a listing presentation yesterday virtually. So even though we're more locked down, I think people are starting to get used to it and work around it. And uh, in New Jersey, it is deemed an essential business to do real estate. So we're doing a lot of it virtually, but we're still doing it. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of interesting things surrounding it, but you're right. Um, and frankly, I think we're in a, we're in a window right now where Buyers have a short-term opportunity where we're at just because they're slow. You know, basically most of the market in number of places listed, sold, or down about 60, 65%. Um, depending on the market, some prices are lower, like at Hoboken is lower by about 5 or 6%. Um, but the places you and I have been bullish on the last two years yeah. are up somewhere between six and twelve percent. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about North Bergen, Union City, West New York, Guttenberg. Yeah, um, those yeah. areas um, they're doing really well. And um, I'm personally, I've got some buyers that I'm working with. They're looking at single-family units now, and I there's a lot of indication that people are going to leave the New York City, greater New York City metro market, the vertical market, and they're going to look for places where other people aren't touching their doorknobs. Yeah. Where they can get from from their car into their house without having a lot of paths crossing. Yeah. yeah. I've got um, a listing in downtown Jersey City that is has a private entrance and a private garage and that is a big appeal to people because they still want to be downtown they still want to be able to get to manhattan but right now they're like mm, if this ever happens again i'd like to be able to not worry about opening my door and getting in my car and all that so right and it's i think it's across all financial spectrums i went to that um pre-listing um Went to, let's see, how can I say this? Went to look at <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, um, went to look at a two acre estate in the Hamptons on the ocean for a preliminary. So I, so we knew what we were looking at. And in my conversations with a few Hamptons brokers, they've done more rentals this year than ever by huge volume. There's a huge amount of traffic and they're sure that's going to turn into more sales of people living in the Metro market. It just had a, a what I hope will be a pre-listing conversation this morning earlier and same thing except out West in the suburbs here in New Jersey. And I, I think that if you're a buyer, the next, what do you say? Would you agree the next four to eight weeks, could be the absolute best time yeah, I to do try to get that. something. Cause when things lighten up and people are a lot more comfortable 
if you're comfortable doing the virtual tours right. and only doing, you know, doing that one last walkthrough before you anchor the deal, right. Um, you'll get ahead of a larger influx when everybody's more comfortable. So it gives you kind of a foot up and there are some people that are selling right now that, that really do need to sell. So they're under some pressure. So it's a, the timing's right if you're on the buy side. For, for a buyer, yeah. Sorry, I got something. <laughs> I got yeah, something in my that's eye. Okay, <laughs> so that's. Um, so yeah, yeah, buyers. Buyers have a great opportunity right now if they're in the financial standing to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably the, <laughs> in a nutshell, what's going on. I can't. It's fine. <laughs> Just keep it. It's unscripted. <laughs> the unscripted. Um, I'm really getting attacked by something in my eyeball right now. <laughs> well, do what you need to do. I can, really I can just talk without you. <laughs> oh, I think we all God. saw it. It was this big, like, eight-legged thing flying through the air and dove into your eyeball. It's no, amazing how something so small can feel so like big that. when it's in your eye. Eight legs implies spiders, and a spider running my direction. Oh my god! If it had wings too, oof, that's the worst. Now I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. Okay. Um. Anyway, so basically, if you're a buyer uh, and you're in the financial standing, we think it's a great idea in New Jersey. If you're a seller, we're actually recommending that you hold off, um, unless right. you are already listed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and landlords, reach out to your tenants. Um, I have a penthouse that I rented for a guy not very long ago. And um, he's actually doing a great job trying to get a hold of his tenant, but his tenant is not communicating, which makes him very worried that the tenant may just disappear. Oh, yeah. So we're not sure what's going on. I mean, there's all kinds of, you and I have dozens of things we can talk about that are going on right now, but there you go. Moving along, talking <laughs> about you and I in business, um, yeah. you used a term the other day called righteous anger. And then I'm listening to a book and they mentioned um, righteous anger in that book, which made me think about um, all the stuff that's going on and how this pent up frustration that people are feeling is popping out here and there. I don't know if you've noticed it, but you know, in New Jersey, we're able to do some showings. We're thoughtful. We wear masks. We wear gloves. We try to have the house unlocked by the owner or the, the listing agent if it's a buyer and all the lights turn on so we really don't touch anything. We're not really crossing paths. We're not doing much in a vertical space. But if you talk about that with a New York agent or broker, New York City especially, they're frustrated. They're like, you're out there peddling this virus and just perpetuating our problem. And they're mad, which is interesting. And there's, you know, then you have the other side of it where yeah. people are like, open the door. Let's get, let's quit hiding from this virus and let's hit it head on. And there's this you, that is, righteous and, anger and term. Too. Yeah, I think. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think that humans love, including me. We just love righteous anger. There's actually some really, really interesting uh, studies. I've not read the studies. I'm not. I've just saw YouTube videos <laughs> done by like Vox and whatnot, um, and read a couple books talking about the psychology of it. But still. I think that I've noticed it in myself. It just feels so good to have a just cause and to be like, I'm on the right side of history and to, you know, 
So I, I, I think that it happens. I noticed it on a grand scale, but I didn't understand it on a small scale. So even within negotiations, recognizing because we want to win so badly and we love the feeling of being angry for a good reason, like, hey, I'm in the right, you're in the wrong, you're a villain, I'm a victim, but I'm a strong victim. That temptation, I think, actually really screws our clients over if we're in negotiations because the strongest negotiation tactic is is actually making the other people feel like we're all on the same team looking for the same goal and you understand their position, but do you still have your client's best interest at heart? That's where we get the most movement from the other side, not when we're angry at the other side. And I'm assuming that that is true on a larger scale too. So it's just been an interesting thing to, to witness. Right. Well, I do. It has been, and it is interesting to witness, but it's, uh, it's been painful. Frankly, it's frustratingly painful to me in a lot of areas because I, you can, if I can go off on a quick rant. (laughs) Can you not though? I don't think it's possible. (laughs) Once upon a time. Your birch rants are part of it. (laughs) Once upon a time, I owned a nursing home with a business partner. And I'm watching the news on nursing homes, and I find it frustrating that they're villainized. And I've seen really good friends of mine and peers in the real estate industry that are echoing those somewhat righteously angry perspectives of nursing homes. And when I think all this time we've been going through COVID, it when they said it strikes the frail elderly, it just like pierced my heart thinking, oh my God, what about all the people in nursing homes? I know how they're cared for. I know who's there. Those frontline workers are like other frontline workers and they're connected. You know, I, I'm not making light of anybody else's thing, but but frankly, the nursing home industry is not what it used to be. Generally speaking, obviously there are outliers out there, but you can't you can't paint the whole industry with the bad behavior of an outlier, you know, which we're trying to do, we're trying not to do in all kinds of categories. You know, we're trying not to be discriminatory anymore, but but I feel bad for those long-term care workers who know their patients intimately because they're there every day. They're helping them with absolutely everything. The last thing they want is for them to pass. And frankly, that is how that business survives. The well-being and survival of that patient is what keeps that business alive. And it's it's such a, a hard industry to be in. And it's so hard to balance the regulatory environment because most nursing home operators are frustrated because they're hamstrung by regulations that most people recognize as being a safety net, but also cause some other problems, but nobody's patient enough to want to know that. So in the midst of their, you know, their rush to righteous anger, they miss this other part. And it's frustrating because on the, and it just to continue my rant, just to hear more, which I went off with your mom this morning. I'm sure you did. <laughs> she had a nice response. Yeah. Um, these are our loved ones, but it's interesting that we're outsourcing the care of our loved ones to someone else. Often those family members wanted at a discount. They want cheap health care. 
because they want to protect their they want to protect their estate. They want the money that's left over. Mm -hmm. So they want to minimize. And I've seen this firsthand and it just rakes my nerves. I know. As you can tell. <laughs> because they'll do anything they can to discount the care, the cost of the care, but then demand the highest level of service. And it's your mom. We're talking about your mother or your father or your uncle or your aunt. And yeah. it's and if you are in that position. It's a rough position to be in, and that industry is evolving. So I personally, I have a deep sense of compassion for a large section of frontline workers, whether they're at a hospital, whether they're in the doctor's office, or if they're the CNA, the LPN, the RN, the charge nurse, the director of nursing, physical rehab, all those people, because they can't abandon. You know, There are doctors right now that are saying, hey, close in my office. I'm going to control this traffic so that I don't get sick so I can continue to care for my patients. But they can't do that in hospitals. They can't do that in nursing homes because those people are there and they need care today. They need IVs changed today. They need their bed changed today. And they don't get to do that. And it's tough. So that's my rant. I'm going to change change my topic now. But just, God bless you all. If you're hands-on with a patient anywhere, including a nursing home, I love you. And I'm so thankful for the work you're doing. That was uh, very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It has nothing to do with real estate. The whole time I'm like, can we pull this back to real estate somehow? <laughs> Sorry about can that. Can I make this analogy for real estate? <laughs> 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 All right, all right. <laughs> it was lovely. I'm glad you care so much about uh, your past co colleagues. Yes. And um, I love you guys. <laughs> if you're watching this, I doubt you are. But if you're watching this, you're the best. <laughs> I know. I know how hard you're working out there. You're watching it during, during the healthcare rant. <laughs> Nursing homes. Everyone's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, next. Anyway, we gave you a rundown on real estate. Um, we talked about righteous anger. We talked about nursing homes. And I think, do we need it? I think that's it. I'm going to want to, I mean, I don't want to drag this on unless we have something, <laughs> something else to say. Maybe we should uh, talk about, oh, I don't know, zoos or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shut up and listen because I know nothing about zoos. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just oh, wait, what's the, what's really the tiger? Really What's the show that everybody's watching? Oh, I haven't God, seen no, it. No, Dad, we're not talking about Tiger King. Tiger King. No, Dad, no. Have you watched it? Thank you for watching, everyone. <laughs> this is done. <laughs> Say goodbye. No, I haven't watched it. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, God. <laughs>